0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to part two of the PEDRA Community Spotlight about the foundation for ichthyosis and related skin types. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Jen Dawson, PEDRA's Associate Director of Educational Programs, and our Community Spotlight show is a way to shine a light on the incredible work being done by the patient advocacy organizations that have partnered with PEDRA over the years. In part one, Chief Executive Officer Chris Boynton and I talked about the ways patients, families, and researchers can find support through FIRST activities. Feel free to go back and listen to it anytime on our Pedro Pearls podcast channel. Now, I have a chance to talk with the Cena family about their journey with ichthyosis and how they started that journey with the much-needed support of FIRST, and how they have found ways to give back to this wonderful community. So I'm going to turn it over to them to introduce themselves. Jolie, we'll start with you.
1: I am Jolie Cena. I am the mom.
2: <laughs> uh, my name is Sean Cena, and I'm the father.
3: Hi, I'm Portia Cena. I'm <laughs> the daughter. How you say old? I'm 16 years old. Uh, hi, I'm Miles. Uh, I'm the son, and <laughs> I'm 12 years old. So Cena family, my first
0: question is just start at the beginning. Tell me your story about your journey with ichthyosis.
1: So when she was born, no one at the hospital and we're in a, you know, a East coast well-populated area No one in the hospital really knew what it was that she had when she was born. Um, and we were fortunate that we got hooked up with some dermatologists right away who were able to diagnose her visually. And we ended up going with a genetic test for the for the specific form of ichthyosis that she has,
2: originally I think uh, we were told by somebody I don't know who that she had CIE. Right. We, we right. kind
1: of. Di- I mean, this is why this kind of um, was it information is getting this information to young dermatologists is important because she was diagnosed more visually um, because you know there's many forms of there are many forms of ichthyosis and they present differently and the type that she had that they diagnosed her visually not genetically. Um, turned out to be incorrect. We ended up seeing another dermatologist in Connecticut who noticed that she had a little spot behind her ear. Because of that, we found out that she has ichthyosis and confetti, which is her specific
2: type of ichthyosis,
1: just because she had this spot.
2: But, you know, your your goal that pump point is... Finding out what the issue is and then trying to fix the issue. The wondering of what you know is, is actually going to happen and what kind of life is she going to have. You know that doesn't come up until you get the diagnosis because you get this diagnosis and you think, okay, well, can we get a little cream or something and we can you know clear this right up and, and move on. And he explained that no, that's not the case. This is it, this is genetic. It cannot be changed. We can manage it. And then you start thinking of well, what is this child's life going to be like? When you think of anybody that has a a, a visual difference, and and, and that, that kind of segues us into involvement with, with first because once we had the diagnosis or at least the you know learn the term ichthyosis, we were then able to to Google ichthyosis and start reading about it. And part of the you know the Google results are you know was first website, and that's how we found. Uh, First back in you know when she was born in 2007.
0: So tell me about your first memorable interaction with First.
2: Family conference in 2008. Up until that point we had spent a year being in this bubble not knowing what anybody else else's life was like who had you know a similar same condition and that just exposes you to everything that they do and everything that can be done um, for your child in the future.
0: Why was that conference so important to you?
2: Well, she was still a baby. She was about a year old or just under a year old when we attended the the, the conference. Um, I remember walking into the hotel lobby and seeing somebody else with ichthyosis, which had never happened before. And the analogy I like to make is it's like you see a celebrity. You know, you want to go up and start talking to them and go, oh, my God, I can't believe you also have this because... We had never seen another person with with ichthyosis before, so you, you get a sense of okay, this is in this moment, this is where we belong, and and it, everything's going to be fine because we're surrounded with other people who have the same thing as our daughter. And then the the only other thing I remember about that conference is we were we were um, uh, there was a, a seminar on fundraising, and that sparked our interest in. Uh, fundraising for first, which we've also been actively involved in for the last fifteen or so years.
1: it was amazing to be with the community who under who walks in the shoes that you walk in, you know you feel a solidarity and comfort. and then my you know from a mother's perspective, it, having a daughter, uh, speaking to other mothers because um, first does a great job of breaking everybody out, kind of like there's a father's support group, a mother's support group, an affected support group. There's even a grandparent support group um, when grandparents come with us so it's a nice way to even you know kind of get even deeper into um, conversations with people who, who do walk in your shoes and especially from a mother's perspective I you know met a mother whose daughter had the same kind of ichthyosis as Portia and to know that she went to her prom and wore a strapless dress and was going to go to college and, you know, lived her life and didn't let this stop her, I think was it was the first night I ever got a good night's sleep since she had been born.
0: That is so powerful. So what has your relationship with FIRST looked like since that very first meeting? You mentioned you've done fundraising for them for the last 15 years. What other kind of involvement have you had with FIRST?
1: You know, in in our community, fundraising, but awareness raising, um, we do a lot, Sean does a lot of social media. I'm on the board of FIRST actually at this time. We've been on various committees um, with FIRST. They do, as Sean mentioned, they have a, every other year they have a family conference in a different uh, city so that people from different coasts can make sure that they attend. You know, we've been on those committees. Sean was on the fundraising committee. Um, you know, we participate in different functions such as this where we have an opportunity to speak with doctors. We've spoken to uh, we did an FDA listening session to again raise awareness for a condition that doesn't have a cure, but there's a lot of different um, medications out there that really help the condition and but are called for for different conditions that are related, um, such as psoriasis or eczema, for example. So, um, you know, first does work hard to advocate as well as spread awareness and fundraise, um, and we participated you know as much as we can um at the family conferences sean's hosted several different breakout sessions you know talking we had to get a special bath for portia and sean found a way of um, securing that special bath and getting some of it covered by insurance um so different ways like that i think we participate portia has portia actually did in middle school um she and a friend created a documentary about living with ichthyosis mm-hmm. That's right, right? It's called Beneath the skin. Beneath the skin. Okay. I, th- I thought that was the name.
0: Tell me more about the documentary. What's the name and how did it come about?
3: Uh it's called Beneath the Skin. Okay. Um and I think my friend had like texted me and she said there's going to be like this film contest, the Count Basie film contest, and she's like are you interested in doing it? And I was like, "Oh, yeah, sure." Um, And I was was like, what if we do it on, like, ichthyosis, because obviously that's, like, a pretty, like, rare thing to document. So we spent, like, two months, like, we, I interviewed myself, um, my parents, and then um, Bailey Prechak, who was um, on the board of FIRST and participates a lot in there. And um, we had won, like, the award for the best documentary, um... And we got a lot of publicity from that, and we were on the news um, a few times. Our school got a lot of publicity, and it was, like, shared everywhere. So it was really good to uh, get ichthyosis in the Word um, out there.
0: That's really cool. How did that make you feel?
3: Um, it made me feel, like, really proud and accomplished for, like, creating something that um, would be able to show what ichthyosis is, because obviously a lot of people, it's not... It's a very rare condition and a lot of, not a lot of people know about it. So creating um, a piece of film that could you know, be shown anywhere around the world um, really meant a lot to me.
0: I think it's really incredible that you were able to produce this documentary to share your story and also bring awareness about ichthyosis to the world. So shifting gears a little bit, one of the questions I always ask families is what do you want providers to know? Like what's important
1: to you as patients and family members? We're very lucky to live in a big metropolitan area and we're close to New York City and we're close to Philadelphia and we're close to Connecticut. So we've got a lot of different providers available to us. But I think that, and we've seen a lot of different doctors, but I think that what we like most about the current dermatologists that we're seeing is sometimes the doctors are very focused on the science of it Mm -hmm. and maybe aren't as tuned into you know it's a person this is a person too Um, and maybe it's not just by the book what you would normally do but trying to think outside the box a little bit with their treatments and again this Kind of ties over to the fda and getting approvals for other medications that might be related to for conditions related to ichthyosis so i think that that's something that's probably important to us that you know it ties into of course the health insurance um companies and what they're willing to cover because if a medication isn't called for for the condition then it's very hard to fight with them you have to fight with them to get any sort of coverage um, and a lot of hoops that you have to go through They can be very expensive, they can be very small doses that you receive. Um, So finding a provider who's able to kind of bob and weave with solutions, and think not solutions, but different things to try, I think is helpful. So a little creativity, flexibility, and kind of thinking outside the box. Um, Dermatologists that we have met and met through first seem to kind of have that philosophy, I think.
2: You could have two patients with ichthyosis who have the same type of ichthyosis, and one treatment might not have the same results as a, the same treatment on the second person. So yeah, it's
0: not it, a one-size-fits-all.
2: Right. So it right. Is, it's, it's understanding that each patient is an individual and may not respond the same way as the you know five, pa- five other patients, perhaps, that you have with ichthyosis that got the same treatment.
0: that makes a lot of sense. So you've talked about going to the FDA listening sessions and you've talked about, you know, having to navigate that insurance rat's nest. Let's talk a little bit about research. Like, have you guys been involved in any of the, you know, um, research support that FIRST has, or like, what is any kind of level of involvement in research you
1: have? It means studies for ichthyosis, you know, that are... There, there were few, and now there are a few more, you know, over the course of Portia's lifetime. They're very involved because the only, so there's no way to, the only way to treat ichthyosis is through management of the condition. So to take away their creams that they put on top of their skins to test different, medications, I'll say, is, is challenging. So that's kind of where the studies are now. And because there are so many different types of ichthyosis, like Sean mentioned, what works for one might not work for another. So they're usually very focused on one type of ichthyosis. Porsche has spoken to Beyersdorf because they provide products that are, you know, the topical management, topical treatment of ichthyosis. So she, you know, they, they're, uh, Beyersdorf has been a very good partner to FIRST and to the ichthyosis community. They really do a lot to support us, which is wonderful and does make it, I mean, it makes a difference in people's lives to have access to the products that they um, produce.
0: So I want to go back for a second and Jolie and Sean, we've talked about your experiences at the FIRST family conferences, but Portia and Miles, I want to know about your experiences at the FIRST family conferences.
3: Mine isn't like as like, you know, like revolutionary as like my parents, but Um, It's just, like, a place where, like, everyone, like, looks like you and, like, understands you Um, because, obviously, it's, like, a rare condition. So when you're out and, like, wherever you are, it's not um, reciprocated the best. So um, just being in, like, a place where um, everyone, like, looks like you or everyone understands, like, your, like, struggle and and things like that. And, you know, I have friends that I'm excited to see for the next uh, conference. Um, It's just a good experience to just, like, be, like, a lot less stress-free and just, like, be yourself more. Yeah. What about you, Miles? So, like, I wanna, when I go there, I'm not, like, too worried about, like, someone being weirded out about, like, seeing me. Because I know that there's going to be other people who look like me or, like, are worse than me. Um, so there's also, like, a day camp for the kids. And I'm able to, like, make friends with other kids who have my condition as well. I mean, I'm not, like, too worried. I have to be, like, grossed out to not, like, talk to me. But like knowing that they also have a condition as well, it's easier to like to to make friends and talk to people.
0: Yeah. So just really being with your community sounds like just is like really uplifting. If you could sum up in just a couple of sentences, what's the value of having these patient organizations here for families like you? Like what's the most important part?
2: I think the most important part for for myself, because I, I can't speak for everybody else, is just the the ability to bring people together who might not always or might not have a way of coming together to understand each other and to feel that sense of community. you know when you're dealing with a community that is so small, sometimes you do need an organization to bring those people together and then once you're together to uh, to learn from one another, get a little bit of, uh, you know, peace of mind that what you're experiencing, you're not alone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they offer not just the in-person connection with their conferences, and they have regional conferences as well. They kind of, on the on the non-family conference years, they kind of go around to different areas trying to connect dermatologists with families, um, their patient support forums, they call them. Um, but I think that they also, we have Facebook community, private Facebook groups for parents, for again, you know, women affected, men affected. There's Instagram communities for teens because they're not on Facebook. And I think that they work very hard. And especially during COVID time, they were doing a lot of Zoom uh, sessions where people could talk about different things and they talk about different topics that concern the community, whether it's overheating or they want to talk about dealing with health health insurance companies or they want to talk about uh, cooling vests for kids and with the condition you can't sweat they try to provide a lot of different touch points the fact that the staff works so hard so selflessly to connect the community and they're constantly trying to think of new ways to bring the community together and create engagement is really commendable. So I think that they rely on different parents or affected individuals to help amplify their message. Like Portia said when she won her award for her documentary, her school got in touch with our local um, news channel, and then you know we were involved with the news channel and hearing ichthyosis on the news was incredible I never thought that would ever happen you know it's just such a rare condition and our CEO Chris Boynton came down and he was interviewed as I was part of that coverage
0: um Miles or Portia anything else you want to share
3: um no I just like the same thing that my parents said like it's just nice to have like a community that's like there for you and you know like only happens like every other year so to be able to like come to that and look forward to that um means a lot.
0: I am so thankful to organizations like FIRST that offer so much support and community to families just like yours. Thank you so much for being with me today. It was a pleasure speaking with all of you and learning about your experiences with FIRST and just how important that community is. I so appreciate your time. To learn more about the research and community support offered by FIRST, visit firstskinfoundation.org. If you would like to see Portia's documentary Beneath the Skin, click on the link in the show notes to access her YouTube channel. If you would like your organization to be featured on Pedra's Community Spotlight, please reach out to me at info at Make sure you're following Pedra on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and X, formerly known as Twitter, at Pedra Research. If you like what you're hearing on our Pedra Pearls podcast channel, rate and review us to help others discover the show. Thanks so much for listening.